Hello and welcome to On the Mound. I'm Max Tanzer, joined alongside Matt Sossler and Tommy Muma as we're ready to break down some Major League Baseball, playoff Major League Baseball here for you this afternoon. So let's set, to set the stage here, just open this thing up. And this is actually not being recorded here on Sunday afternoon, but instead Friday night, October 16th in the past is unfortunately due to all of us being at different parts of the country. I'm in Seattle, Tommy in New York, and Matt in Chicago. Uh, we had to record it a few days earlier. So with that said, we are recording this right after Game 6 of the American League Championship Series in which the Astros beat the Rays to force a Game 7. And then right after Game 5 of the National League Championship Series in which the Dodgers beat the Braves to force a Game 6. So we're going to break these series down so far, give our predictions, and you guys basically know already what's happened at least in the American League and then if the Dodgers were able to force a game seven that will be tonight here this Sunday night so without further ado Matt Tommy how have you guys been enjoying this playoff baseball this week so far well it's been great I think I mean it's been exciting to see that they've been able to push these series deeper than most expected right the Astros they weren't even expected to get out of um, the first round, many people thought they'd get eliminated in the wild card series, and look at them. They have forced a game seven here, which is really impressive to see. And then the Atlanta Braves, they came out ready to go. They got off to a hot start, um, put the Dodgers in a difficult spot, but you know, they're just coming off of a win, so we're not entirely sure what's happened, obviously, when this airs, but you know, the Dodgers, they're definitely going to try to come back. It's no question that they have some of the most talent in baseball. So we'll have to see what happens, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I think this postseason has been very interesting. I think especially if you take a look at the championship series, we have two possible monumental comebacks. Obviously, you guys know what has happened or will happen when this airs, but I think basically... I mentioned last week that the Dodgers always fall asleep for one series in the postseason. I think if every team was guaranteed to play three series or four series per postseason, I think the Dodgers every year would only win three or four. And with that, speaking from the perspective that we are now, I honestly think this is the series where they fell asleep. However, on the other hand, you look at the 3-1 rhythm. If a team wins five... They're going to win six, and then game seven is a toss-up. So it could go either way. I think that the Dodgers need to wake up. They did a good job with that recently in game five. But overall, they need to ride that into game six. I personally think they need a blowout in game six in order to go into seven with confidence. And because Atlanta's going to be licking their chops, they're going to have their top arms ready to go. And... I think overall, to answer the question, I think both series are going to be very interesting, especially that we do have a comeback from Houston that we're going to be awaiting the results on, and we'll see how that turns out. But overall, just good playoff baseball. Absolutely, and let's talk about that Dodgers and Braves one first. Let's break that down a little bit more. Game 5 tonight, uh, obviously both ends, it really was a bullpen game uh, for the Braves starting Minter, who was shut down through three innings. Fantastic stuff. Then Dustin May, who did not have his best stuff after being really good here in his first, I guess what you can consider, quote, quote, full season, even though it was 60 games, uh, but really struggled out of the gate here in Game 5. Uh, but the Dodgers bullpen was able to hold on, and this is a game where the Dodgers trailed first. The first three games 
games of this series. The team that scored first was 3-0. Last two games, a different story. So tonight, the Braves score first, take a 2-0 lead early, but the Dodgers able to come back thanks to a couple big home runs. Bullpen's able to shut it down. Kenley Jansen slamming the door, looking a lot better like that Kenley Jansen we saw a couple years ago than the one that struggled with the decreasing velocity uh, this year. Uh, but I, I think the Dodgers, I, I have never counted this out, them out in this entire series, and I think you guys can say the same exact thing. Even when the Braves took a 2-0 lead, what's going to help the Dodgers late in this series, in my opinion, will just be the amount of pitching they have that probables have not been announced yet as literally the Dodgers Braves game just ended right now but I would assume it's uh, Walker Buehler going in game six and that's a guy that has to bounce back after a tough game one start as well Uh, but the Braves too they're set up in really good shape guys they have both Ian Anderson and Max Reed available for games six and seven who both respectively won games in two so this is not going to be easy for the Dodgers or the Braves in my opinion in fact I really do think there's a good chance this goes to seven and we see some really good games to close this series out. Absolutely. I agree with you, Max. I I think that the Dodgers certainly can do it. We all saw what they did this year, and they have the pitching to do it. But at the same time, Atlanta, they've they've shown what people have been expecting the past few years. They're, they're finally there with a chance to go to the World Series, which I'm very happy for that organization. But like you mentioned, the Dodgers, they've been knocking on the door for a long time, and I just think that they certainly can push it to seven games, and I'm hoping they do because that would be fun to watch and um, always love more playoff baseball. But I, I agree. I think that the Dodgers pitching can get them there in the lineup. We all know what they can do with Mookie and Cody Bellinger. They're they're just outstanding. Yeah, the Dodgers, like you said, Tommy, I think that they are quite – a tough team to beat, as I mentioned, you know, with the lineup that they have. However, again, as I said earlier during sort of my opening remarks, is that their top guys have not been their top guys. Walker Bueller struggling in game one, playoff Kershaw coming into effect as well. And it'll be interesting to see, I'm guessing, you know, even though the probables are not announced, that they will go Bueller six and then Kershaw seven, obviously game seven is going to be full disposal for both teams. And I think that if they're able to go Kershaw in Game 7, then that'll be a good sort of security blanket to lean on because Game 7, you always want your best guy, or in this case, your most experienced guy on the hill getting ready to face a young team. And you know, Game 7 versus Clayton Kershaw, if it comes down to that, that certainly rings bells, that writes headlines. And for a young team like Atlanta, I don't think it's going to be a tough pill to swallow. But I think that they'll, you know, it certainly opens your eye a little bit, even though they absolutely annihilated him early in the series. Again, game sevens are, you know, it's, there's a reason why it's the two most favorite words in sports. It's because anything can happen. Yeah, I think it could. I think it might be Tony Gonsolin who's lined up for Game Seven, which would actually create an even more interesting dynamic, just because he was another young guy who really shined this year, uh, and wasn't himself I guess you could say uh, in his games to start to pitch under short notice when Clayton Kershaw was scratched due to the back spasms another guy I wanted to talk about is Bryce Wilson the number six prospect for the Atlanta Braves who got the start back last night for us right now or on Sunday it was a few days ago uh, in over in game three or game four excuse me for the Braves this was a huge start for them just because 
They had just dropped their first game of the series after Kyle Wright gave up the 11 runs in the first inning, or I should say Kyle Wright and Co. gave up the 11 runs in the first inning. It was not the Braves game. It was a complete mismatch of what we saw in the first two games of the series. However, Bryce Wilson, after pitching 40 combined innings or so at the Major League Baseball level in his entire career, is getting this opportunity to start here. The entire baseball world doesn't know who he is, and he is facing Clayton Kershaw. And he was absolutely dominant. Six innings of one hit and one earned run. Uh, five strikeouts, I believe, if I'm correct here. And that was so incredibly important for the Braves. My biggest problem with the Braves coming into this series was the fact that they have two, maybe two and a half starters. You have Freed and Anderson, who are you're confident in getting quality starts out of. Then you have Kyle Wright, who's a question mark, who's very good against the Marlins and the DS. But again, as we saw, got really struggled in Game 3 here in the championship series when he was really tested with a good offense. So with that said, people had to step up. They went with the bullpen game in Game 5, starting A.J. Minter. But in Game 4, Bryce Wilson was able to step up, rest that bullpen a little bit, and they were able to give him some run support. And that was quite a story. And so far, that's the difference maker so far, is after Game 5, the Braves lead 3-2. to two, And again, as I mentioned earlier, are in line to have Freed and Anderson pitch. So the fact that they could have him come out is so important, given that they lost Felix Hernandez because he opted out, Soroka because of the Achilles injury, Fulte Nevich uh, because of poor performance, and Cole Hamels from injuries as well. Yeah, it's interesting to think that, you know, how aggressive will Atlanta be in Game 6? Because, you know, not to keep on harping on Game 7 and how that sounds, but one game against the Los Angeles Dodgers, full disposal. Atlanta's got to treat Game 6 like it's a Game 7 because there's a, there's a good chance that you know, I'm sure everyone looks at it that if you have L.A. and Atlanta lined up in a one-game series, you know, you take L.A. nine times out of ten, maybe even 99 out of 100 times. And I'm not doubting Atlanta, but I personally think they need to treat this game, and they, and I personally I think they need to manage this game like it is a Game 7. Obviously, you have to save arms and stuff like that, but... Other than that, you have to pull out all the stops to try and get out, or I shouldn't say get out in this case, send L.A. home because of the bobble early without even giving them a chance to win. Yeah, and I agree with you 100% on that. I think especially you don't want to give the Dodgers any extra opportunities, which they've almost kind of have already here after taking the 2-0 lead and the 3-1 lead, giving them a win here in Game 5. Uh, but let's say it does match up in Game 7. You're in a spot where you could go with Kershaw under short rest, or you could start Gonsolin, go Kershaw out of the pen, but personally I would not do that just because that has never worked for Kershaw in the past. Hence, let's flash back to the division series last year against the Nationals in 2019. But let's say they start Kershaw maybe under short rest, have him go 3-4, and then maybe go to Gonsolin, or maybe they just start Gonsolin as a whole. Then the Braves match up with Ian Anderson. The Braves really do favor that pitching probable, in my opinion, just with how good Anderson has been. Now, it's crazy to be saying that about a guy who has not started more than 10 games at the major league level in his life, but he has been that good. And I think it's fair to say that the Dodgers may be in some jeopardy either way if they have to face them, and they don't have a guy like a Bueller or a Kershaw on the mound under full rest. Well, I think you have to keep... Kershaw available and you have to throw Kershaw where he's most comfortable because he is I would start him yeah if consider assuming assuming Bueller starts six he'll be more than likely unless you know you get extra innings or something like that available in game seven and 
I think you have to, again, throw Kershaw where he's most comfortable, which is out of the gate. And hopefully, I think you ride him until he starts struggling, and then you have the luxury of having another guy who has experience starting who could chew up some innings before eventually going to the back end of the pen. So it's a good problem for the Dodgers to have. And again, you never know when you're going to see that version of Clayton Kershaw that starts to struggle in the postseason, and in which case you just pull him a little earlier than you want. I agree, Matt and Max. I think you made a lot of good points. And Kershaw has looked quite good this postseason, despite that the last outing, obviously, he struggled. And the back issues may have played a, a factor in that. But you have to start Clayton Kershaw, I think. I don't think one of the best pitchers on the planet and one of the best of his generation. I don't think you bring him out of the bullpen that situation. But, um, you know, I think that he is going to step up. He knows what this means. And he's been so close so many times, right, to getting to the World Series. And he's been to the World Series. And he he knows everything that comes with that. So I definitely think he's the guy that you want on the mound to get your team the victory. I agree. I just think Dave Roberts has to be very careful with him, just knowing that under short rest of the past and also out of the pen, whether whichever one you use, uh, in that scenario, you have to be a little bit more cautious. The probables have been announced for Game 6. It'll be Max Fried starting for the Braves and Walker Buehler for the Dodgers. So a rematch, is, a rematch of Game 1 as we anticipated here. And I guess the big key for Walker Buehler, you guys, is just the command being able to get deep into that ball game and be able to get through that Braves order three times. I think it'll be a big key for him. We want to see the Walker Buehler that we know, not the one that has been a little bit up and down uh, the last couple of months or so here. And again, it's just a shorter season, so people are quicker to judge. But I still believe Walker Buehler in this case is the more or the pitcher with the better track record than Max Reed because Max Reed's so young hasn't really had an opportunity to blossom until this year it was mostly coming out of the pen last postseason to be honest or to be real here uh, but that'll be a very interesting matchup who do you guys have in game six I am taking the Dodgers I do think they force a game seven yeah I'm the firm believer as I said at the top of the show you win five you're gonna get six and therefore I'm gonna agree with you Max I think you got Walker Buehler on the hill I think that's you get Bueller in an elimination game. It's a lot different than Bueller early in a series. He's going to rise to the occasion. I would not be surprised if it's very similar, unfortunately, to what we saw in Game 3, where L.A. sort of takes an early lead. I'm not saying 11 runs, but they take a very, very large lead, and they can coast the rest of the way, and then we see what happens in 7. I agree with you, Matt. I think the Dodgers are just too good of an all-around team not to force a Game 7. And we've talked about on this show, their lineup's outstanding, their pitching's outstanding. They're the best team in baseball. That That's just the fact, at least in the National League. And then, you know, we can debate that um, against the Rays, obviously. But I think they will force a Game 7. I think they're too good not to get to that point. And you have to respect Atlanta as well. They're a very strong team. And, you know, it, it's going to be a great game, but I, I do have the Dodgers. Yeah, just one last touch just to uh, confirm the final line for Bueller in game one. It was five innings of three hits, one run ball, uh, seven strikeouts. Just off the bat looks great, but it was 100 pitches through five innings with five walks. Uh, so he was unfortunately not able to stay in that game as long as – Dave Roberts maybe would have liked, had to go with Gratterall a little bit early there. And then, of course, it was eventually Blake Trine who would give up the home run to Austin Riley to spark a rally in the ninth inning for the Braves, in which they would take game one. All right, 
Let's head a little bit west over to San Diego to where the Rays and the Astros are playing. And by the time this show airs, that series will be done. Is Game 7 is on Saturday, October 17th. The Astros have come out of nowhere. They're the first team since the 2004 Boston Red Sox to come down from a 3-0 deficit in the American League Championship Series to tie it. It could also be the first since that same exact Red Sox team to win it and shock a number one seed just as the Red Sox did with the New York Yankees. You guys, I really think... People were sleeping on the Astros coming into this series. For me, earlier last week, I said it was that they're sleeping on the offense. But really, including myself, it really was the pitching. Their starting pitching has been phenomenal. Really good starts from both Valdez in Games 1 and in Game 6 on Thursday on Friday night. excuse me. And then Lance McCullers was able to go deep as well. I think that is one of the biggest reasons why they've been able to stay in this series, even if they lost the first three. I agree with you, Max. And... You know, I was sleeping on them too, and I think that's more because I was a Yankees fan. I didn't want to see them win, but uh, you mentioned the pitching. I definitely didn't think that their pitching was going to be that great uh, with the loss of Justin Verlander and the departure of Garrett Cole. And it, It's a much different rotation than we saw last year when they went to the World Series, so I'm definitely surprised to see how well they're doing, especially... Um, given the fact that they had a losing record in the regular season. But you mentioned their offense has been rolling. Carlos Correa with that big walk-off home run in Game 5. So I'm looking forward to that game. It's going to be interesting. But I'm hoping the Rays do it uh, other than the Astros. Yeah, and I think the biggest turning point in this series was on Wednesday. Uh, in Game 4, the Astros were down 3 to nothing. The Rays were a win away from clinching the American League pennant for the first time since 08. And it was Zach Granke on the mound who had been struggling this postseason, and it was in the fifth inning. Dusty Baker was posed with a position where he had to make a decision, a big decision. Does he go with the analytics and tank Granke out after going through the lineup two and a half times or so, or does he keep him in and let him finish six? And Granke was in a tough spot, a couple base runners on in a close game, and Dusty Baker went with his gut the old school mentality, kept Granky in. He was able to get through six, which really helped rest the bullpen for game five the next night where uh, they pitched in, the, in a bullpen game and the Astros would win. That was the turning point for this series. And if the Astros go to the World Series, that will be the decision, in my opinion, of why they were able to win it. Dusty Baker trusting his guy, trusting the veteran in Zach Greinke, which is absolutely incredible. Uh, if the Astros are able to come back in this series, as much as I dislike them and all of Major League Baseball besides the city of Houston dislikes them, you got to tip your cap. Just the ability to come back from all of the hatred this season, to stay in it, sneak into the playoffs, and get hot, and that veteran leadership, which is proven to pay major dividends for them so far. Yeah, I think I want to touch on one point that you hit on, Max, and that is the managerial notion. And that's something that is awfully ignored, especially at this stage of the game, where, especially given game seven, you have the old school manager, Dusty Baker, and then you have the new school analytics opener, you know, revolutionary Kevin Cash. Battling it in a game seven, and to throw another monkey wrench, Charlie Morton projected to go <laughs> for Tampa against his former team. So it's all, again, all game sevens are toss ups. You know, one game, who wants it more? And it'll be interesting to see if one of those managers is faced with a pressure decision, how they will come through, how will they try to take that, because. As we've seen in many other Game 7s before, 
you know, any little managerial decision can cost you the game. Yeah, and if I'm correct here, the last time Mr. Morton pitched a Game 7, that was in 2017, to help induce the final out on a ground ball off the bat of Corey Seager to clinch the World Series win for the Houston Astros. So if I'm correct on that, that is just lined up perfectly here for this Game 7. Now, another thing that Tommy touched on a little bit that I want to discuss here is the fact that the Astros were 29-31, and the first American League team to make the postseason with a sub-500 record. I think if the Astros make it and win the World Series, there's going to be some people who are pretty upset. But I will say one thing, you guys. If the Astros played 162 games, I'm not going to say they're going to win 90 games, but I think they'll be a lot better than their, I think they would have been a lot better than their record says. I mean, look at the offense now. Everyone's on fire except Alex Bregman. Jose Altuve has been untouchable, or excuse me, on, or he's been impossible to get out this entire postseason after hitting 229 in the regular season. So I think people are coming into this postseason and will look, even if the Astros win, will have the outlook that it was cheap because they were 29 and 31, but they're a lot better than that record says and 60 games is not enough to judge a team and take that away from their legacy if we're putting the sign stealing aside well to respond to that max i think if you base it flat if you pay played 162 games under these circumstances in this environment on paper you know everything you know just written out as it is i i agree with you i think the astros can get there however if you know pre-pandemic COVID, if COVID did not exist and baseball was played 162 with fans all across the country, I don't know because you've <laughs> 29 you've 29 stadiums across the country and including Toronto and Canada as well that would want to make life absolutely miserable for the Astros and that could either do one of two things: it would either break them and have them have a terrible season, or it'll rile them up and they might even reach 90 wins. So. I think, again, if you put it flat, you put it on paper, I agree. I think they're still a very good baseball team. However, this season, again, if everything was normal, I don't know. Because especially up in the American League East in Boston and New York, I don't like like those fan those those fans are rowdy without a reason. And now they have a very, very big reason to get in someone's face. Yeah, and let me be a little bit more or let me reiterate myself a little bit right here. I don't think the Astros would per se, win the American League West. I don't even know if they make the wild card game. But I do think they would have been, you know, around an 81 team or so forth, hovering close to 500, if not a couple games above 500, just because they still are a good team. You know, just because Jose Altuve hit 229 doesn't mean he's a completely different player right now. Sure, I think it's a little bit in his head. Potentially, maybe they're not using sign-stealing methods anymore. Maybe it's hurt him a little bit. But I think it has to do more with a small sample size and so <laughs> forth. <laughs> but, uh... No, I, I don't think the Astros would win 95 games in a 162-game season, but I definitely don't think they got lucky here in this postseason. I think that MLB expanded it because they knew 60 games wasn't enough for just five teams in each division each. I think they knew that if you expanded it, there would be some teams who are worthy to get into that situation. And look, the Astros have hit in the American League Division Series, as we saw. The ball was flying everywhere. And then... They take on one of the best bullpens and pitching staffs in Major League Baseball and have been able to get to a Game 7 here, and the starting pitching has been fantastic. So I don't think this is a cheap pennant for the Houston Astros. In fact, I think it's more valid than the 2017 one because we're 99% sure they're not stealing signs right here. And two, I would almost argue it's harder to make it to the World Series after playing 60 games, having to make up games because of doubleheaders, being away from your family, COVID tests, so forth, than 
three rounds of postseason baseball without a single day off besides in between the series, trying to manage your pitching staffs to get all the way to the World Series in which you've been stuck in a hotel uh, with your family at least, but still in a very unique environment and situation. It's pretty dang hard to make it to the World Series as displayed by the NBA bubble and the NHL bubble as well. I mean, those LA Lakers, that was absolutely incredible. Even the Miami Heat to be able to play there that long. This is impressive. This World Series counts. And if the Astros win it, we're just going to have to tip our caps, in my opinion, at this point. Yeah, I agree with you, Max. I think this is this is a valid World Series for the Houston Astros if they were to get there. And like you said, I'm not really surprised that they're at this point because the lineup, it's pretty much the same. Now, the pitching isn't what it was uh, a couple years ago when they were in the World Series and even last year. But, no, I, I agree with you 100% on that. And Dusty Baker, he I think he's done a great job with this team. An old school manager. And, and you said it's going to be interesting in Game 7, the old school Dusty and then um, you have Kevin Cash with the analytics and everything. So I'm definitely looking forward to it. It's going to be a great matchup. So what are our predictions? So I let's, 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 let's do both of our predictions for both leagues. I am going to say, oh, this is tough. I, to be honest with you, I haven't had much time to process after these games. So this is going off the top of my head here. I'm going to say Dodgers in seven and Astros in seven. I know that's very interesting right now because both of the ones that are coming from behind, but I think the baseball gods are going to align the World Series of the ages here to make up for the fact that we lost three months of baseball. I really do think the Astros are riding the momentum in and the Dodgers will ride the momentum in as well. And the Dodgers, I think, are the Dodgers and deserve to be in the World Series as well and to beat those Astros. I know I'm going with more of a fan gut perspective here than any more analyzation, but I truly think that's what's going to happen. I agree. Well, I think that you made a lot of good points, but I'm actually going to go a different direction here. I think we're going to see the Tampa Bay Rays winning in Game 7, and I think the Atlanta Braves are going to pull it off and go to the World Series. But, like you said, that would be absolutely amazing to get a rematch of the 2017 World Series. That's what I would love to see. I just think that the Rays are the best team in the American League. I think that although they've struggled over the last three games, they're going to do what it takes to get to the World Series for the first time since 08, and the Braves are going to get there as well. That's what I want. I want that. I But I just have some strange feeling Dodgers-Astros will happen for some reason. Yeah, and to, clo- to close it out, when you get series as tight as this, there's no number, there's no greater power, there's nothing that I personally think, You know, even though I am a firm believer in the baseball gods, there's nothing that can dictate this which is why i just got to go with my gut and my gut goes with the pattern of again i think la is going to take game six and game seven's a toss-up however you know postseason baseball and in baseball in general there's no ties so i gotta pick a winner and i think given that atlanta wants it they've been there and la just has not been able to get over the hump thus far i think atlanta will take game seven and they will go to the world series i think the tampa bay rays will take game seven as well tampa bay as tommy said the better team charlie morton is on the hill and also it's just meant to be for tampa bay it's their time they've rolled around and at this point something's just got to happen to houston like like they just had it like they've had it and I think that Tampa, maybe they've gotten a little bit complacent, but you know, you hear the words game seven and the lights go on. 
Absolutely. It will be very fun for sure. Quickly, before we wrap up as well, we talked about what we think is going to happen. What do you think is the best for baseball besides that Astros-Dodgers? Because, of course, that's the Hollywood-scripted World Series that we would see. To me, I think the best would probably be the Dodgers and the Rays, two best teams in Major League Baseball, uh, both really analytical, both really fun as well, but both very different. You have the Rays who are one of the best pitching teams in Major League Baseball, and then you have one of the best offenses in Major League Baseball in the Dodgers. Of course, I think the Dodgers would take that one. What do you guys think would be the best for baseball besides Astros-Dodgers? I think you're absolutely right, Max. I think that other than that matchup, I think that it would be the Tampa Bay Rays and the L.A. Dodgers because I think I truthfully believe that those are the two best teams in baseball. And I don't want to take anything away from Houston and Atlanta because they're both great teams this year and they certainly have a chance to do it. But I just, you know, I feel that those are the two best and I'd love to see that World Series as well. And I think the rest of the of the baseball fans would as well. Well, if you look at it from a baseball perspective, I agree with you guys. You always want the two best teams in the game, especially when you have Dave Roberts has been around the block once or twice. Kevin Cash will be making his first World Series appearance as a manager for Tampa. I think that's the match that you guys want. However, if you think from a business standpoint, I think any World Series with Houston is going to be better for the league, be better for baseball. Again, any, any World Series with Houston is ideal, especially to get fans in and stuff like that. But to stick with baseball... Uh, I think Tampa, L.A., we're going to be unanimous here because it, it's never bad to have the two best teams in. Fantastic. That's going to wrap up our show today again. Thank you so much for tuning in. We apologize for the inconvenience that we had to record this a couple days prior. So you guys probably already know the World Series matchup. You at least know who's representing the American League if there is a Game 7 on Sunday night for the National League as well. But thank you so much for tuning in. Next week, we'll be covering the World Series here for the first time in the history of On the Mound. I'm Max Tanzer, joined alongside Matt Sossler and Tommy Muma. Thank you so much for listening here on VIC. We'll catch you next time.